What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Around the NBA, a podcast where I give my thoughts on the latest news, transactions, teams, and players across the league. So in this week's episode, there's a couple of things I wanted to discuss from the breaking news this morning of Kawhi Leonard's knee sprain to Chris Paul entering the NBA health and safety protocol to last night's game and Kevin Durant's performance and what does it mean for the Nets moving forward. And of course, Nikola Jokic's ejection from game four this past weekend against the Phoenix Suns. So let's get right into it. So I'll start with Kawhi Leonard's injury and the news that broke out this morning that he is officially out for tonight's game, game five against the Utah Jazz because of an apparent knee injury that he sustained in game four in that series. So as I was recording, more breaking news came out in regards to Kawhi Leonard's injury. So when I first started recording, it was being reported it was just a knee sprain and that he was going to miss tonight's game, game five. And he was potentially going to miss the rest of this series. Okay, so I'm like, all right, if he misses the rest of the series, that could be it for the Clippers. We don't know yet. We'll just have to wait and see what the evaluations come back at in regards to how bad this the sprain is. But now it's being reported that the Clippers fear that he actually tore his ACL. So it has not been confirmed that that's the case as of right now. I'm keeping track of it right now, but it has not been confirmed that until he probably gets an MRI, which may be sometime today, if not tomorrow, probably, if he, is, if he hasn't had it already. <laughs> but it's being reported now that they fear that it's an ACL tear. And if it's an ACL tear, that's it for the Clippers. All right, it's as straightforward as that. I don't see them getting past the Jazz without Kawhi Leonard. Okay, and that's unfortunate. And that's just kind of been the story of these playoffs. But, it, it, I mean, it is kind of what it is. You know, I mean, serious injuries happen every year, whether it's in the playoffs or early on in the year. I know this year looks worse than previous years, and people are going to blame the shortened season and what have you. But, you know, it happens. I mean, we've seen it in years past with other players, KD a couple years ago, Klay Thompson a couple years ago. 2012, it was Derrick Rose. You know, it's, this stuff happens every year. You know, so I can't sit here and disregard this entire season. Like I've been seeing people claim that, oh, this season doesn't count. Uh, people were calling last year uh, an asterisk for the championship, but it's definitely this year. And it's like, no, that this happens all the time. Now, right now, there's a lot more stars being injured for sure. But I don't think just because some of these players are being injured, it's going to disregard everything. You know, it just kind of is what it is. It's unfortunate and... After game four, I actually thought the Clippers were going to win the series. Even though I had the Jazz winning the series from the beginning, <laughs> I wasn't going to jump ship. I was going to stick to my guns. But I kind of figured, all right, I kind of probably predicted this wrong. And that's okay. I'm okay with being wrong. <laughs> you know, nobody's perfect. No one's going to predict everything perfectly. But honestly, I didn't see the Jazz winning this way. And after game four, I actually thought they were going to lose. But now that it's being reported that it's potentially an ACL tear, we probably won't see him again for this series, which is unfortunate. And the Jazz are going to move on, and we're going to see a Jazz versus Suns in the Western Conference Finals. The the unfortunate part of all this, on top of him missing the rest of these playoffs, if it's if it is an ACL tear, he's probably going to miss all of next year too, which is going to be unfortunate for Kawhi and the Clippers because right when they're about to potentially make a legitimate run 
for a championship, this happens. <laughs> it's that Clippers curse, man. It's that Clippers curse. But hopefully that's not the case. We just have to wait and see what the final report is. But as of right now, it looks like it's the worst possible news for the Clippers and Kawhi. So again, it's being reported that it's an ACL tear. That's the case. Clippers are done. Hopefully it's not because if it is, he'll probably miss next year as well. So the other breaking news from this morning that's also had some development to it is Chris Paul. So this morning, Chris Paul was being reported that he had entered into the NBA's health and safety protocol, which only happens as if you either got COVID or you were near somebody that tested positive for COVID. So we hadn't known that yet. But now it's being reported that he actually did test positive for COVID. And that is why he entered the health and safety protocol now. At first, we didn't. It was being reported as well that oh, he hadn't he hadn't um, stated that he actually got the vaccine or not. But now it is being reported that he actually was fully vaccinated back in February, but he still got COVID. So from what I'm hearing is, if you did get the vaccine, you are able to come back sooner. But it's the timetable is still 10 to 14 days. So as of right now, if he were to start his quarantine today he wouldn't be able to come back for at least another 10 days. So at that point, based off this Clippers and Jazz series, I mean, it's going minimum six games as of right now. So that's, I mean, game five is tonight. So if it were to go to minimum games, you know, I mean, it's going to game six. And if that was it, so we'd be looking at last game would be Friday. So this series would probably be starting sometime next Monday or Tuesday. So that's about almost seven days. So he may end up missing the first two and potentially the first three games of the Western Conference Finals. I don't think it'll actually reach three games, but he could be at jeopardy of missing the first two, which would be a big deal for the Suns if he missed the first two games. But again, we'll just have to wait and see how that all plays out. Because as I said, apparently you can't come back sooner if you are fully vaccinated I don't know what that timetable is. I don't know too much information. So he could be back maybe within 7 to 10 days. But he is still at jeopardy of missing at least a game, if not two. So if he does, that's going to be a big deal for the Suns. So we'll just have to wait and see how that plays out as well. (laughs) But some big stories this morning from the NBA. And I mean, they really do impact the rest of the league. Not just these individual teams. So... Yeah, I guess we just got to continue to wait and just find out some more information and just wait for these more reports to come out. But as of right now, Kawhi Leonard is out for the rest of the playoffs, it seems like. And Chris Paul may be at risk of missing the first two games of the Western Conference Finals. So now that I've discussed the big breaking news stories from the NBA this morning, I wanted to go back to this weekend and discuss an incident that happened during the Phoenix Suns and Denver Nuggets game four from Sunday. So I'm sure you guys have seen it, heard of it by now, but Nikola Jokic actually got ejected from that game because of a hard foul he committed on Cameron Payne. And I was absolutely surprised and shocked by that call because, I mean, if you guys have not seen the play, I'm sure you guys have, it it didn't look as bad as a flagrant two, Okay. He was clearly frustrated from not getting the call, not getting the foul, just moments before that. So out of frustration, he commits a hard foul 
on Cameron Payne. So it looks that way. But if you look at the replay, it really wasn't all that bad. Okay? He does swing really hard. And he does get Cameron Payne on the side of his face. But in reality, he actually got more ball than he did of Cameron Payne. <laughs> but if you if you watch it live, yeah, it looked pretty bad. It looked like he just broke Cameron Payne's nose. <laughs> and what really sold it was Cameron Payne's reaction. But after I saw the replay, I'm like, yeah, that's more no more than a flagrant one. And so did Twitter. Because as they were reviewing, as the rest were reviewing the call or the play, the foul... I was on Twitter and everyone was saying, yeah, that's a flagrant one. That's a flagrant one. That's a flagrant one. But when they call a flagrant two, everyone's surprised because that was not flagrant two worthy. I mean, there's been worse fouls in these playoffs alone that haven't been called a flagrant two. They've barely been called a flagrant one. So for that to be called a flagrant two, it it was just ridiculous because of the situation one and two, it wasn't that bad. It really wasn't. Now, I'm not saying it didn't hurt Cameron Payne because Jokic is a big dude. But from the replay, he barely got his face. He got him with like his bicep and forearm. But it wasn't as hard as it looked live. And he did get a lot of ball. More so than he did of Cameron Payne, (laughs) as I said. As a ref, you just can't make that call. Um, You just can't. Because if you eject Nikola Jokic from that game, as they did... The Nuggets' chances of winning that game went out the window, as they did. Now, they probably would have lost that game with Jokic out there. They may have won. Who knows? They were down at the time. They were losing for the majority of the game. They kept it close, and they kept it close after he was ejected. But in reality, everybody knew the game was over at that point. Stephen A. Smith tweeted that he turned off the TV because he couldn't handle it anymore. But in reality, he knew what the outcome was going to be. And like I said, even if Joker stayed in the game, Suns were probably going to still win that game. And the Nuggets series was over regardless. They were down 3-0. But maybe they don't get swept. Who knows? I mean, it was towards the end of the third quarter. So there was still a whole quarter left. Anything could have happened. But he's the reigning MVP now. Regular season MVP. And he gets ejected. You cannot eject that caliber of a player in that situation for what he did. Because it wasn't that bad. Two, because of the character. Look at the player that he is. We're not talking about Draymond Green here, right? (laughs) It's Jokic. In fact, as as he's walking off the floor, he actually goes over to Kevin Payne and he checks up on him before he leaves. You know, he knew what, what he did was wrong. So he went over and just checked up on him and everything was good. And at the end of the game, you see him actually in the back with Chris Paul, congratulating Chris Paul. So obviously there was no animosity towards Jokic it was obviously out of frustration and even in his post-game interview he said well I was just trying to spark something into the team you know it was a tight game I wanted to do something for the team to try to rally around and just get some momentum that could be the case he was obviously just frustrated but the foul itself wasn't that bad now his wind up and his swing looked pretty bad so I get the principle of why they called it a flagrant too because it was the, the the intention behind it so I understand that but if you look at the replay and you see, well, you know what? He actually got more ball than he did of Cameron Payne's face and Cameron Payne just really sold it. Yeah, this isn't a flagrant two. Plus, we had to think about the situation here. Plus, the type of player that he is. I did not agree or like that call because at that point, like I said, the Nuggets' chances of winning just went out the window. So their whole season was out the window. Even though the season was basically done at that point. <laughs> but again, you cannot make that call in that moment. 
if he had really gone for like his face or his head or he was like intentionally trying to hurt Cameron Payne, that's different. But I don't think he was trying to hurt Cameron Payne. He clearly was going for the ball hard, but he did go for the ball and he got more ball than he did Cameron Payne. He just happened to get Cameron Payne's face first. <laughs> that's all that happened. So I didn't like the call. I thought it was a bogus call and it was unfortunate. It's just a terrible way for the Nuggets to end their season. You know, it, it was just it was just horrible all around. But it is what it is. They got eliminated. They were probably going to get eliminated anyways. But but being a neutral, right, and watching these games, you want to see the best players out there. So it was just, to me, it was just kind of like, it was a bogus call. It was a soft call. But it is what it is. Nuggets end up losing. And that's that. And finally, for today's episode, I wanted to discuss Kevin Durant's performance last night. And... How will that impact the Nets moving forward? If you did not watch the game last night, you missed a heck of a show. Kevin Durant put a performance of a lifetime. It was unbelievable. That fourth quarter, he was hitting every shot. It was insane. He single-handedly carried the, the Nets to a victory. And going into this game, everyone was discussing, oh, Kevin, can Kevin Durant do it? Can Kevin Durant do this? Can Kevin Durant do that? He, this is the time where he's going to show, or he has to show he's the best player. If he doesn't, basically they were saying his legacy was on the line <laughs> in last night's game. And he came out and he proved everybody wrong. He played every single minute of that game. He played all 48 minutes of that game, which is crazy to me. Crazy. But... It had to be done because James Harden ended up playing, but you can tell he was not 100%. He had zero points at the half, and then I think he finished with five points for the game or something like that. He played 46 minutes, and he only ended up with five points. So clearly, he wasn't 100%. But his presence out there was enough to 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 really mess with the Bucks' defensive schemes. And honestly, on top of... Durant's performance, what really helped the Nets win this game was the Bucks' performance in the second half. It was atrocious. It was awful. They played terrible. Giannis played terrible. Middleton played terrible. Like, I don't know what Giannis is thinking, dribbling up the court, pulling up for three with 18 seconds in the shot clock. Or if you have James Harden guarding you on the block in the post, what are you doing fainting away? He's... For one, he's injured. He's not 100%. And two, he's half your size and you're fading away. What are you doing? What are you doing? Come on, man. And this is why I say Giannis is not that guy. Look, Giannis can be the best player on a championship team. For sure. But he needs a Kobe to his shack. Middleton is not that. Middleton is at best a number three option on a championship team. Okay. He's not a number two guy like Milwaukee believes he is. He's just not. He's a number three guy. So they need somebody that can control the game at the end of the game and can distribute to players like Giannis and Middleton. They need someone like a Damian Lillard or a Trey Young or even Chris Paul. Like a, They need a legit floor general because having Middleton and Giannis... Come up the floor with the ball towards the end of the game is not the answer. Okay, it's just not. That's not going to get it done. So the Bucks' offense was terrible and Durant was 
on point. So that was the reason why the Nets ended up winning that game, even though the Bucks were up 17 points in the first half. It, it was just a terrible performance by the Bucks and a terrific performance by Kevin Durant. <laughs> now, what does that mean for the Nets moving forward? So Reggie Miller tweeted asking this question. Should the Nets sit Kevin Durant and James Harden game six and put all their chips in game, into game seven? Because KD played all 48. Harden played 46 minutes, which is basically the entire game. So I get what he's saying. Because why risk them play more minutes in a game that they may lose anyways when you can just have them rest, come back game seven in Brooklyn, and win game seven? And you have a somewhat refreshed Kevin Durant, somewhat refreshed James Harden, and potentially you can have Kyrie Irving back for game seven. I don't think it's a bad idea if you know Harden will be a lot healthier, which odds are he will. And if Kyrie Irving has potential to be back for Game 7. But they obviously not going to do that. They're going to try to go and win Game 6. And try to be fully healthy for the Eastern Conference Finals. I get where Reggie Miller is coming from. But if I'm the Nets, I see where the Bucks are at. I see that they're kind of demoralized. They just lost with basically going up against just Kevin Durant. It was a 1-on-5 essentially. <laughs> and they lost. So... They smell blood, and they got to go after it. So if I'm the Nets, I don't sit Kevin Durant and James Harden for Game 6. I don't have to play them the entire game, but you still go out there and try to, to try to win this game, and you see what happens. If you're getting blown out, then you don't play them as much. That's fine. You just wait, and you come back Game 7, you finish them off in Game 7. But there's a chance for them to win Game 6 and get some much-needed rest before the Eastern Conference Finals. So that's the way I think it's going to happen, how it's going to play out. But yeah, moving forward, clearly James Harden isn't 100%, but he's good enough to be out there. And that's, if James Harden's out there, at least you can use clearly saw the impact that he can have just being on the floor. So they may not even need Kyrie for the rest of the series to win this series. So last night's performance really showed that the Nets are a huge threat, even without their other two stars. They, I don't know if they can win their next series without them, but by that point, one, if not both of them, are going to be back. So the Bucks missed a huge opportunity last night to win that game and then go back home and try to finish them off. So I think they're clearly demoralized after last night's game. And if I'm the Nets, I'm going straight at them, full force, and try to finish this off in, in six games. And I think that's what I think that's what's gonna happen. I don't I don't see this coming back to Brooklyn for game seven unless Steve Nash is out there reading Reggie Miller's tweets. <laughs> that is it for this episode. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure to comment, like, and subscribe on wherever you're listening from. Please go follow on TikTok and Instagram at around the NBA, which is all one word underscore podcast you can leave your questions and topic ideas there and they may end up on the show thanks again and i'll see you guys next week